Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 427 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today we're going to be discussing a very simple concept, but something that I think is very important to the future of this team going forward, and that is which players on this New York Ranger team are facing the most uncertain future with the franchise going forward. It could be due to, you know, a contract running out. Some of these players could be trade bait. They could be in a situation where they're about to be squeezed out by a prospect. A lot of different situations, a couple of different players to talk about here today, and we will get to that in just a second. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Who are this season's top 50 NHL players? Find out on the Locked On NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode. And as we just talked about here, we are going to be getting into the Rangers that are facing the most uncertain future with the team long term. Uh, I should probably also assess the fact that this is the first episode of Locked On New York Rangers that will be available on YouTube. It's kind of an initiative that Locked On is taking, and I, for one, am very excited to take the show in this direction. Uh, for those of you that are strictly audio podcast listeners, nothing changes for you. You can still get Locked On New York Rangers anywhere you get your podcast. Although I would say try YouTube at least once. Give it a shot. See if you like it. And, uh, you know, as I get more and more comfortable with YouTube, we're going to see what this thing can do. And I'm going to take full advantage of uh, basically just everything that YouTube can do, all the different resources and the different things we can do to kind of incorporate into the episodes here. But for today, once again, very simple concept. This is just the players on the New York Rangers that are facing the most uncertain future with the team. And we're going to start with what I consider to be the biggest name on this list. And that's going to be Mika Zibanejad. For a quick history lesson, you know, you never know. We could have some newer New York Ranger fans listening. Somebody could be tuning into the Locked On New York Ranger podcast for the first time, especially now that this episode is going to be on YouTube. But with Mika Zibanejad, long story short, we absolutely stole this guy from the Ottawa Senators. And this is coming from someone who is a huge Derek Broussard fan. The trade was very simply Derek Broussard for Mika Zibanejad straight up. And Mika Zibanejad has rewarded with the, the Rangers by becoming somebody who simply gets better and better and better with every single season that passes. And over these past three seasons, he's taken his game to an entirely new level. He has been more than a point-per-game player in all of the past three years. He's coming off of a season where he scored 24 goals and had 26 assists in 56 games. Probably would have been quite a bit higher than that if not for Mika recovering from a bout with COVID at the start of the season. That clearly slowed him down. And in the second half of the season, he was back to being the player that we Ranger fans all know and love and just firing on all cylinders and just looking like the superstar that we all know that he is. And on top of all that, we could talk about the fireworks, the offensive fireworks for days. Very, very good defensive center as well. Somebody who became an invaluable member of the penalty kill over this past season. So just a tremendous all-around player. He is about to conclude a five-year deal that carries an annual cap hit of $5.35 million, and he's clearly going to get a raise. I, for one, am hopeful that it's the Rangers that give him that raise, but whether he's with the Rangers or someone else, uh, yeah, he's going to be making quite a bit more than $5.35 million annually going forward. And I think if you're the Rangers, the time is right here right now to try to hammer out a long-term deal with Mika Zibanejad. Anybody that's listened to this show, you guys know that I'm a proponent of keeping Mika Zibanejad in the fold. I know there's some love from, for Jack Eichel, and everybody wants to see the Rangers strike some kind of a deal with the Buffalo Sabres and bring him in. But the way I see it, 
look, I get it. I'm Jack Eichel. The upside is tremendous. He's just 24 years old. Players as good as him this early in their career do not often become available via trade. But the reason why I favor hanging on to Mika Zibanejad rather than trading for Jack Eichel, there's a couple of reasons. For starters, uh, Mika Zibanejad is not dealing with what's kind of a pretty serious neck injury. I'm no doctor or anything like that, but this has been an ongoing saga with Jack Eichel and neck injuries by their very nature. They're nothing to take lightly. It's It could be you know something that's pretty serious. And with Mika Zibanejad, you know, if you re-sign Mika and you're the Rangers, you don't have to give up. You don't have to trade away things like, you know, top draft picks or big-time prospects or guys who are already on your NHL roster that you like. You don't have to give away all those things to the Buffalo Sabres to hang on to Mika Zibanejad. And with Mika, I mean, it's hard to say exactly how much money he would get annually from the Rangers if he indeed stays in the fold. But we do know that Jack Eichel right now is making $10 million a season. And I don't know if Mika would get more than that. It's really hard to say for sure. I have Mika penciled in somewhere around like nine, nine and a half million dollars. So he might even come a little bit cheaper than Jack Eichel as well. And yes, Jack Eichel is younger, but it's only by about three and a half years. Mika's the is still just 28 years old. So to me, Stick with a known commodity. Stick with a guy who has clearly thrived under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden, gotten the job done in New York, and somebody who also is not dealing with a neck injury. But obviously, this could go one of a lot of different ways. And this is kind of a tricky situation because if you're the Rangers, you got to be careful here. You know, Chris Kreider, they re-signed him to a, a new seven-year deal uh, when it was getting close to the trade deadline, not this past year, but the season before. And there's some Ranger fans who weren't really feeling that move. I did like the move, I think, Sooner or later, you have to keep somebody. You have to have a veteran presence in that locker room. You have to have somebody that's been a New York Ranger for more than just two or three years and somebody who could be in line for the captaincy in Chris Kreider. And you could even say the same thing for Mika Zibanejad. That's a different debate for a different day, but you kind of get where I'm going with this, right? You know, Mika Zibanejad, again, somebody who's been with the team for five years. And I think you have to have at least a couple of veterans in that room, especially when you're dealing with a Ranger team that is so young. And here's something else that I haven't really talked about in previous episodes. And another reason why I think Mika Zibanejad really needs to stay in the mix for the Rangers. I think if you're jury, and you do have to do this cautiously, you can't just throw tons and tons of money at Mika and tons and tons of years at Mika and don't give it a second thought. You have to approach this the right way. But something that I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about is that the Rangers, at least to this date, they have not really reaped the benefits of Mika Zibanejad's greatness. And what I mean by that is... You guys remember when they traded for Mika Zibanejad, the championship window that the Rangers were in, it was open for probably about four or five years there. But when Mika got here, they did the Broussard for Mika Zibanejad trade and Mika comes in and the Rangers make the playoffs that year and they beat Montreal in the first round. They lose to Ottawa in the second round. Both of those series went six games, but that was basically when that championship window pretty much closed. You know, I mean, it, it was you know, it was at least conceivable that maybe they could get back, but then they went into full-fledged rebuild mode, as they probably should have. And so Mika has gone through this rebuild with the Rangers, and now that they're just starting to get good again and starting to put all these pieces together and becoming a team that a lot of people think will make the playoffs this upcoming season, I don't want to get rid of Mika Zibanejad or let him walk, you know, which is what it would be because his contract would end after this season. But I don't want Mika Zibanejad to arrive to the Rangers too late for the initial championship window, the one that was happening in the Elaine Vigneault era, and then leave too early before the Rangers really have a chance to win another Stanley Cup championship. Because, yeah, you know, Mika Zibanejad, he's been a great player over the years for this team. You know, he scored all these goals, the five-goal performance. Uh, again, you know, we went through his credentials. He's a phenomenal player, uh, somebody that can gel with anybody on the left wing, anybody on the right wing, uh, just a fantastic all-around hockey player, can play on the power play, can play on the penalty kill. What more do you want from somebody? I don't want all that to be 
for not. And, you know, not to be cold about it, but if Mika Zibanejad ends up walking in free agency after this is ne- after this next season and the Rangers are not Stanley Cup champions, then it's almost like they would have basically wasted Mika Zibanejad's tenure with the team because, again, the vast majority of Mika Zibanejad's Ranger tenure has been this rebuild. So I don't want to see him leave before it's absolutely necessary. And if you're the Rangers, I mean, listen, it's tricky. I'm not going to act like this is, you know, very simple because it's not um, as far as what kind of a deal you give him. So I've come up with basically two different suggestions here. For starters, you could do a shorter contract that has a higher average annual value. Maybe you can get Mika to sign for like four years, but the average annual value is a little bit higher than it would be if you gave him, say, like a seven-year contract. And the other suggestion that I have is basically the exact opposite of that. You would allow Mika, you would give him a a seven-year contract, but maybe it's for a little bit less average annual value and you could save some money that way because we don't want this to become an albatross of a contract. We don't want the last three or two or four years or however long it's going to be of this contract to be an unmitigated disaster. You know, maybe Mika's declined by then and you don't want to be paying, you know, a tremendous amount of money for somebody who's in their mid to late thirties and they're clearly slowing down. So I, I think one of those one of those suggestions probably makes the most sense for the Rangers, either a shorter deal with a higher average annual value or the exact opposite of that, a longer deal with a lower average annual value. But I, for one, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been campaigning this for pretty much the entire offseason. I think the time is right here, right now, if you're the New York Rangers, to try to get something done with Mika Zibanejad. And not again, not to sound cold or anything, but Mika's numbers were down a little bit this past season. That was partially due to his bout with covid And you might be able to get yourself a little bit of a discount if you're the Rangers. And one other point that I'll make here, some of this will be on Mika Zibanejad. I understand that this is a business. And if Mika wants to play out the final year of his contract here and test unrestricted free agency and see how he can do for himself on the open market, he is well within his right. He has every single right to do that. But if he really wants to be a New York Ranger, then I think it behooves him to sit down with Chris Drury and company either right now or you know, maybe at some point during the season, I don't know if the Rangers want to go down that road of in-season contract negotiations, but they could, or, you know, you do it after the season and and you stick around and maybe you give the Rangers a little bit of a break. Maybe you sign on with the Rangers for nine or nine and a half million when you could have gotten 10 or 10 and a half million dollars annually. A lot of different ways this could go. And, you know, obviously I want to see Mika Zibanejad stick around with the Rangers, but fair game to say that uh, he is definitely one of the New York Rangers that have uh, one of the more uncertain futures with the team. And uh, we'll get into a couple more of these uh, Rangers on this list, some guys that are facing some uncertain futures. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest. NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible, div- compatible device required. Content varies by package. And so we're basically just going to continue right along this list here. Another Ranger that I think, uh, you know, he's kind of gotten mixed reviews from Ranger fans over the seasons. He's somebody that I like. I've heard from some of you guys who like him. I've heard from some of you that want to see the Rangers upgrade their second center spot on the team. And if I haven't given away, let me just spell it out for you right here, right now. It is Ryan Strom. And he's another center that the Rangers basically stole. They, they traded with the Edmonton Oilers. They sent Ryan Spoon to Edmonton, and they got Ryan Strom in exchange. And Ryan Spooner is no longer in the NHL. So even if you're not the biggest Ryan Strom fan, you see that he has a couple of flaws in his game, whatever it might be, whatever your feelings on Ryan Strom might be, whether you love him or you would happily welcome a change uh, at that second-line center position, you got to admit, no matter who you are, uh, the Rangers absolutely, positively stole this guy from the Edmonton Oilers as a fantastic trade, and he's done a pretty nice job. And the argument that the Ryan Strom naysayers always put out there is that, well, you know, he's on a line with Artemi Panarin, so obviously his numbers are going to be inflated. And as I've said before on this podcast, but again, we might have some new listeners, especially now that we're on YouTube here. You know, yeah, Ryan Strom, obviously he has benefited from playing with Artemi Panarin. You show me a center on this planet that wouldn't benefit from playing with Artemi Panarin. I don't think such a person exists. And so that's fine. He took advantage of an opportunity. I can remember not this past season, but going into the 2019-2020 season, I looked at a very preliminary New York Ranger depth chart. It was before this podcast even existed. And I could remember seeing a depth chart that had Brett Howden listed as the number two center and Ryan Strom as number three. We all know how that worked out. And once again, Ryan Strom, he didn't have it handed to him. He had to earn his spot on that second line. He took advantage of it. And he's had he's basically played the best hockey that he's ever played in his life over these last couple of seasons here. So as far as you know, what it might take to re-sign him and if the Rangers should re-sign him and why he's uh, facing an uncertain future, we're going to get into all that in just a second here. But I do want to mention uh, the contract that he's coming off of. So we have kind of an idea of where to go with this. If we're the Rangers, and we're going to kind of put on our GM hats here. So for starters, he is coming off of kind of a bridge deal that he signed with the Rangers, a two-year deal, carried an, a- carried an annual cap hit of $4.5 million. And I think unlike Mika, you know, with Mika, he's definitely going to get a raise. I think with Ryan Strom, he could end up coming in right around that same amount. He might get a little bit of a raise, maybe like $4.75 million, $5 million, whatever it might be. Uh, But I think that, you know, if you're the Rangers, certainly you have to go into this season with Ryan Strom. His name came up quite a bit in trade talk pretty much through the entire offseason. And, you know, the Rangers might package him in some kind of a deal for Jack Eichel or, you know, Mark Shifley if getting Kuznetsov name came up a, a couple of times. And the Rangers ultimately did not end up doing that. And I, for one, am glad that they didn't do that. I would not break the bank to trade for Jack Eichel, 
when once again you have a better in-house alternative in Mika Zibanejad. Uh, but for Strom, listen, if the Rangers don't make a trade for a center between now and the start of the season, Ryan Strom is going to be here. He's not going anywhere. He's not being traded because I don't know who centers the second line right now if it's not Ryan Strom and if you don't bring in somebody else via a trade. I mean, I suppose you could maybe go with Philip Hedl. Chris Drury addressed the media the other day, and he mentioned that he sees Philip Hedl as a center going forward. I disagree with that sentiment. I think Philip Hedl is much better suited to play the wing. Uh, we'll save that debate for another day. Uh, but for Ryan Strom, yeah, I mean, there's nowhere else to go to right now. And I know some people are excited about Morgan Barron and Carl Henriksen, but they're not there yet. You know, I wouldn't just throw them out there on the second line on opening night this season. I think it's definitely a good thing that the Rangers still have Ryan Strom in the fold for at least one more year here. And as far as whether to re-sign Ryan Strom or not, it could go either way. And I know that a lot of Ranger fans, it's kind of it's kind of split the fan base, you know, Ryan Strom. Some people, again, they're very bullish on him. Other people want to see the Rangers go in a different direction. But I do think that it probably behooves the Rangers to at least consider it. And something else, another point that I have to make here, we're doing this list of Rangers who are facing uncertain futures with the team, right? And what position do the first two players that we've mentioned play? Well, they're centers, Mika Zibanejad and Ryan Strom. We've talked about in the past how the Rangers are a little bit thin at center to begin with. I suppose Barclay Goodrow helps with that a little bit. I mean, that's assuming that he's a center. Although, you know, these recent comments from Chris Drury that Filipino is going to stay at center, that makes you think that maybe Barclay Goodrow might be on the wing. We'll see how they line up on opening night. And of course, that stuff can change as the season goes. But the bottom line, the point I'm trying to make here is Ryan Strom, Mika Zibanejad, they are the top two centers on the Rangers going into this season. They are both impending unrestricted free agents when this season ends. Do you really think if you're the Rangers, it's a good thing to let both of these guys walk in free agency and or trade them and or do anything with them that ensures that they will not be on the Rangers past this upcoming season? Look, if Mika walks in free agency or Strom is traded, one or the other, if you lose one of them, you can probably live with that because I did just mention a couple of the prospects that are coming along the way. And apparently the Rangers want to stick with Philip Hedl at center. So losing one of them, especially, you know, if the Rangers were to work out some kind of trade with Jack Eichel, it's certainly not a death sentence, but losing two of them, I don't know. I mean, think about it. Let's say the season comes and goes and Strom and Mika are both now going to other teams. The Rangers either traded them or they left in free agency, whatever it might be. They're both gone. That's the bottom line. So now, we're going to be going into the 2022-2023 season without Stroman Mika. Who is centering these top two lines? You know, I think you you really need to, if you're the Rangers, keep at least one of these guys in the fold. Uh, but, you know, Strom, just like Mika, he does have an uncertain future with this team, and part of his fate is going to be in his hands. How much does it mean to him to be a New York Ranger? How much does he want to see them uh, kind of see the other side of this rebuild, get through this rebuild together, and go on to become bona fide contenders? How much does he value playing with Artemi Panarin? How much of a discount might he be willing to give the Rangers to stick around in Ranger blue? I mean, you know, it might depend on how much of a discount we're talking. Would Ryan Strom sign a contract that pays him an average annual value of $4.75 million with the Rangers and forego a $5 million deal per year with somebody else? Only time is going to tell on that one as well. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. But bottom line, you know, Ryan Strom, once again, one of those guys, it's even possible that maybe he's played his last game with the Rangers. I hope that's not the case. I don't think they end up trading him this offseason unless the trade yields a big-time center in return. Because, again, there's no one to really step in and fill his shoes this season, at least not yet. You know, there's guys coming down the pipeline that could eventually grow into that role, but they're not there yet. You know, guys like uh, Morgan Barron and, uh, you know, a couple other guys in the pipeline as well. 
So we're going to keep going with this list. There's a couple other guys I want to talk about. But first, just wanted to tell you guys, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourself customers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint berry, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You know what my favorite, you know what my favorite flavor is? It's mint brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built. Com. All right, so we're going to kind of continue along this list here. Somebody that's not as big of a name for the Rangers and somebody who's probably not as important to their future, but it's going to be Libor Hayek. Now, we talked about him just a couple of episodes ago because Hayek was the last of the Ranger-restricted free agents to sign a new deal with the team this offseason. He's back on the Rangers on a new one-year deal. And, you know, Hayek, he got some run with the team this past season. He ended up playing in 44 of the 56 potential games. And so the Rangers got a pretty extended look at him. He, of course, was part of the trade that sent Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago. And I do think Hayek definitely improved this past season over where he was the season before that. Looked like he could keep up with the game a little bit better. Just seemed a little bit more sure of himself out there. Uh, but with all that said, I don't know that Libor Hayek ever plays another game for the New York Rangers because... For starters, I think he's a trade candidate. And when the Rangers brought in Patrick Nemeth via free agency in this offseason, I think that might have been something of a vote of no confidence in Libor Hayek. Because Libor Hayek, being just 23 years old, he's basically getting squeezed out of the lineup by somebody who's 29 years old. And Hayek probably has more upside than Nemeth. But the Rangers, they see Nemeth as an upgrade. And they're not going to bank on upside. They want to make their blue line better right here, right now. Nemeth does that as somebody who's just a steady veteran, steady pair of hands, know what he's, knows what he's doing back there. And that might mean 
that we might be coming to the end of Libor Hayek's tenure with the New York Rangers. I could see him potentially being traded this offseason, maybe for like a fourth-round draft pick, something like that. I mean, Brett Howden got the Rangers a fourth-round pick, so I think Hayek could probably do the same, maybe even a third-rounder. Uh, it's at least possible. Um, but, you know, part of the issue also for Hayek is the simple fact that, you know, you look at the Ranger blue line right now, and I do think that in training camp, it should be and probably will be an open competition. I think guys are going to have every opportunity to claim roles, especially with a new coaching staff in place, a new general manager in place, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I do think that when you look at the Ranger defense, and there's going to be six of them dressed on opening night, unless they decide to dress seven, which actually is possible now that I'm thinking about it, because they're playing the Washington Capitals, and maybe you get Jared Tenorti out there. But I do think on most nights, Five of the six Ranger defensemen are going to be Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba, Keandre Miller, and Patrick Nemeth. And so that only leaves one spot. And I think the Rangers, with that last, that sixth and final remaining spot, they've seen quite a bit of Libor Hayek. They have not seen really any of some of these prospects like Braden Schneider, like Tarmo Reuninen, like Nils Lundqvist. Nils Lundqvist could even be the favorite at this point. Chris Drury spoke very highly of him uh, the other day when he was addressing the media. Uh, Zach Jones got some run with the team last season as well, showed some promise. So there's a lot of young Ranger defensemen who have either not made their NHL debut or have gotten very limited amount of playing time in the NHL. They have shown some promise, and the Rangers are excited about them. A lot of them were high draft picks. And when you look at it that way, I just don't know what the point of continuing to run Libor Hayek out there is if you're the Rangers and you're convinced that he doesn't have the kind of upside that some of these other guys do. And I think that's probably where the Rangers stand right now. Can't say that 100% certainty. I'm not inside the mind of Chris Jury, but just kind of connecting the dots here. I mean, again, you bring in a veteran defenseman in Patrick Nemeth, presumably to take Libor Hayek's spot, and then you've got all these other young kids as well. I just don't know where Libor Hayek fits in with this team uh, next season. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if... um he ends up getting traded. Certainly, Libor Hayek, another guy who is facing an uncertain future uh, with the New York Rangers. And another guy who could be facing an uncertain future, we're going to go between the pipes to Alex Georgiev. Now, Georgiev, he is going into the final year of a two-year deal that carries an annual cap hit of $2.425 million. And Georgiev has been fine. But when you look at what the Rangers have done over the years, and I understand they have a new general manager in place right now, a new coaching staff and everything like that. But if you look at the Ranger history, they've never really valued the backup goalie position. I mean, throughout the entire Henrik Lundqvist era, it was basically a revolving door of goalies that would just come and go backup goalies. You know, it was Kevin Weeks to start with. Uh, Lundqvist actually took the starting job from him. But then you had guys like, you know, Marty Biron was there for a while. Cam Talbot did a fantastic job with this team. Antti Ranta did a great job with the Rangers. The list goes on and on. Um, but, you know, nobody was ever here for much longer than like two, three, maybe four years at the most. And again, I, I think the Rangers are just kind of in a place, you know, they have so many young players that are going to need to be resigned. They're going to need to be paid in due time. You've got guys like Adam Fox that's going to need to get paid eventually. Uh, Lafreniere, Kako, maybe Vitaly Krasov, maybe K. Andre Miller. You know, there's a pretty long list there. And so I can't see the Rangers really giving much of anything to the backup goalie. And I think this contract that Georgiev is about to play out here, the two-year deal that's paying him an average annual value, once again, of $2.425 million, that made sense at the time because the Rangers didn't really know then what they had in Igor Shosturkin. But now that Shosturkin, we've seen him, you know, he got a handful of games during the uh, the pandemic season and, you know, got into the one playoff game as well. But he played for a long time this past year. He appears as advertised. The Rangers were very, very high on him. He basically just confirmed all of their belief in him, and he got a nice payday for himself this offseason as a result of that as well. So I think Georgiev was kind of kept around 
as Igor Shesterkin insurance. Like, let's make sure we've got a big time bona fide potential um, franchise goalie in Igor Shesterkin, like we think we do before we let Alex Georgiev get away from us. But now that they've seen Igor in action quite a bit more often, I think they'd be that much more willing to either trade Georgiev this offseason, trade him near the deadline, who knows, or maybe even just let him uh, let him go in free agency uh, when next season rolls around. And one other factor that's kind of working against Georgiev is that Keith Kincaid is still in the fold as well. He's got one year left on his deal, and he got into some games last year and I think performed quite a bit better than a lot of people would have expected. And so for that reason, I just think that, you know, Alex Georgiev, I don't know that he has all that certain of a future with the Rangers. I can see them trading him and maybe looking to get maybe even like a second or third round draft pick because there's some teams out there that do sound like they're pretty bullish on Alex Georgiev and we'll see what happens there. But, you know, again, Alex Georgiev, like a lot of players on this list, not all of them, but a lot of them, I just get the feeling there's no way this guy is uh, exactly going to be a Ranger for life, but we'll see how it shakes out. Another player that I want to throw out there is Julian Gauthier. Now, when the Rangers traded for him, they gave up a defenseman in Joey Keene. They sent him to the Carolina Hurricanes. They get Julian Gauthier in exchange. And I was all about the trade because, you know, I mean, you look at Joey Keene, and I don't know how highly the Hurricanes think of him, but if Keene was around, I mean, you look at this logjam that they have on the blue line, I don't really know that he'd be uh, having a role on this team either. And Gauthier, a former first-round pick, somebody that's absolutely lit up the AHL. But for one reason or another, whether it was the small amount of games that he played for the Hurricanes or the games that he's played with the Rangers, uh, that success just has not translated to the NHL. I mean, there's just too many games where you don't realize that he's out there. He kind of has a knack for taking some undisciplined penalties. And I just don't know where you put this guy because, you know, you look at how the Rangers are constructed right now, and you've got to figure that fourth line is going to be a lot of the rough and tumble kind of players that the Rangers have brought in this offseason. You know, Ryan Reeves is certainly going to be out there. Kevin Rooney will probably be centering the fourth line. And, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But nothing about Julian Gauthier's game says fourth liner. And frankly, I don't think he's good enough or that he's shown enough to fight his way into a top nine role. You know, again, you look at the Ranger depth chart. I just don't see how he gets in there. I guess it's at least possible. You know, maybe through maybe he has a good training camp. Maybe he has a good preseason. And maybe he edges out somebody like Vitaly Kravtsov, but I wouldn't be campaigning for that either because even though Kravtsov's numbers were not spectacular last season, I thought he showed some potential, some promise, and Gautier's had some chances, and Kravtsov to date really has not. I think he played in 20 games this past offseason, so I don't see any way that Gautier uh, squeezes his way into the top nine. I suppose it's at least possible. You know, if you go with a third line, if the Rangers actually do have Philip Hedl centering the third line, then I suppose you could maybe put Goudreau. No, that wouldn't work either because Goudreau, if you put him at the left wing, then what do you do with, you know, Kreider, Lafreniere, and, uh, you know, Panarin, you know, because that's obviously their position. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. To me, just Julian Gauthier, I just don't see exactly how he fits into this team right now. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him get traded at some point in this offseason as well. Uh, again, we'll see how it shakes out, but I can't see Julian Gauthier being a Ranger for life either. And then, just a couple of honorable mentions that I want to throw in here right at the end here. I'm not going to talk for too long about these guys because we are kind of running short on time here. But I'm going to lump Philip Heedle and Vitaly Kravtsov together. I'm not necessarily campaigning for this to happen because, you know, I think they're both very young, exciting players who certainly have some upside, and I certainly wouldn't just give them away. But, you know, the Rangers have been linked to Jack Eichel for more than a year now. There's still rumors that maybe there's one more move that the Rangers could make this offseason. And, I mean... If you're going to bring in a Jack Eichel or you're going to bring in a bona fide established NHL center, 
you got to give a little to get a little. So I, I think, you know, a team like the Buffalo Sabres or maybe one of these other downtrodden teams, they'd be looking for some young talent in return. And Filipito and Vitaly Krausov definitely both fit the bill. Again, I am not campaigning. I'm not trying to push Filipito or Vitaly Krausov out the door. I'm just acknowledging the fact that if the Rangers make a trade, pretty good chance at least one of those two guys is going to be involved in it. And then... One more name that I'll throw in there is kind of having an uncertain future is Braden Schneider. Now, the Rangers, not this past draft, the one that just happened, but the year before that, he was their second of two first-round picks, the other, of course, being Alexi Lafreniere. And the thing I like about Schneider, old-school, physical, tough defenseman, somebody, you know, you look at these scouting reports, most of the scouts agreed that Schneider's floor was as safe as just about any of the players in the draft. And I think he's somebody that eventually could uh, step onto the Rangers and settle into a top four role and, and be just kind of an old school throwback, tough to play against defensemen. But once again, if the Rangers are going to strike a trade in this off season, then I could see Braden Schneider being a very attractive piece uh, for some kind of a package for Eichel or whatever center or whatever player it might be around the NHL. If you're a team that's, uh, you know, sending away an established NHL player, you might want somebody like Braden Schneider uh, coming over to your team in return. So for that reason, I think he could be vulnerable as well. He's somebody could go one way or the other. Braden Schneider could get traded before he ever plays a game with the Rangers, or he might be a Ranger defenseman for the next decade plus. It really could go either way. Anything in between is uh, certainly on the table as well. Uh, that's going to pretty much do it for today, though, guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed this, the YouTube debut here. We are going to sort of do a 9-11 retrospective episode this Monday. I thought about doing it today, but I want to kind of let everything play out, let 9-11 kind of come and pass and just kind of collect my thoughts on the entire situation. Obviously, the Yankees are going to be playing the Mets Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm sure that's going to be an emotional game on Saturday. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure I'll talk about that at least a little bit. I know it's a hockey podcast, but we can talk about that a little bit. Um, so we'll have that. And we're also going to be going back to five episodes per week, beginning with the week of September 20th. So definitely looking forward to that as well. Just giving you guys Ranger coverage every single day. And yeah, that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my Twitter handle there as well, right here. Yeah, there we go at jchick17. Uh, you can follow me on there as well. So uh, once again, thanks for tuning in to the uh, pilot Locked on New York Rangers YouTube episode. And uh, hopefully you guys will come back for the next one as well. And that'll pretty much do it for today. Thanks again. See you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.